1: The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. The book has just come out called Dark Social. Uh, Understanding the darker side of work, personality and social media. And one thing you're always told about your social media behaviour is, look, you are on social media as an individual. But you're also on social media as a representative of where you work, no matter when you use it. And it's a connection that some people forget. Uh, and, and it can and it does bring out the worst in people. Uh, and that's kind of a lot of what this book is about. Ian McRae is the writer of Dark Social. Ian, good morning. Yeah, good morning, PJ. How's it going? Good. Good to speak with you. It does, doesn't it? It was it was the best invention and the worst invention all at the same time. And it has brought out the worst in people at the at the wrong time, hasn't it?
2: Yeah, it has and I feel the same about that it can sometimes bring in the be- bring out the best in me or the worst in me sometimes depending on the day but um yeah I think it's a very useful tool and I think the better we can understand it and underso- understand ourselves on it the better we can use it.
1: Yeah well, the the title of your book dark social the meaning of it is social stuff that has negative characteristics or unindexed social stuff. Now That's a kind of a strange definition. Give me some concrete examples of what the stuff you mean.
2: Yeah, so dark social, the one of the definitions of it is essentially everything we can't see, observe, or track. So that could be things like email or WhatsApp messages or anything that's not publicly posted is all of the dark side of the social stuff that we can't necessarily see or observe or measure, but it's stuff that's all happening in the background that's affecting all of the connections, all of the ways people talk about stuff online, all of the trending topics that um, we might see some of it in the public eye, but there's a lots more going on underneath the surface that we can't necessarily see. But we know that it's happening, it's there, all of those connections are being made, even if all of it isn't publicly available. But the other side of it is there is a, that kind of dark social in the sense of destructive or negative or sometimes toxic behavior that happens. So I've those a kind of concrete lead example in
1: of that maybe, Ian, that we could get our heads around what you mean.
2: So if you're looking at a Twitter feed, um, everything that someone's posting publicly, um, is that's kind of on the clear web, but that's not dark social. But the direct messages people are sending are dark social because you can't see what messages other people are sending.
1: Right. Um. Gossip is part of the human condition. It's been with us since the dawn of time. For the first time people ever... Learn to speak to each other when two people, they always talked about a third person. Uh, it's it's mm-hmm. it's normal. So you open a big platform like this, you open it to all sorts of gossip, good and bad. Yep, It's just the nature mm-hmm. of things. Do you think there's enough protection against it?
2: I mean, yeah, that's a tough one because gossip has always been around. It will always be around. And if I had a choice, I wouldn't try and censor it or shut it down necessarily because people want to talk about social information, want to talk about other people, want to discuss that stuff. The problem that happens in social media platforms is when gossip or kind of negative conversations are monetized. And when there's someone in the middle who is benefiting or profiting off of people making money based on that gossip or that kind of negative um, conversation or what people are saying about other people. So I don't want to necessarily shut down gossip, but understanding that there's certain platforms or certain ways of talking that amplify it and deliberately amplify it to profit from it. And I think that's something that, We can't necessarily change personally, but we just have to understand that it's happening. So if we are gossiping on certain platforms versus just having a conversation with each other, then different people are benefiting from that in different ways.
1: Like there's an old saying, and I'm sure you've heard it, Ian. A lie is twice around the world before the truth has its boots on. Yeah. Now, Now I'd say it's 10 times since the arrivals of social media. So in terms of business and doing business... Like a lie can destroy you before the first coffee break of the morning.
2: Yeah, and that's why you have to be so careful about it. But for businesses, it's why you also have to understand what's happening on these platforms because you can't pretend it doesn't exist or it's not happening or people aren't talking about your brand or your company or your business online. You have to understand that it's happening there and know how to manage it. And so if there's people who are, you know, talking about your company, maybe you have to respond. Maybe you have to put out a statement and maybe you have to be putting out information to get ahead of, you know, gossip or rumors or stuff that isn't true coming out um, to make sure that you're actively engaging in these platforms and you're doing it in a productive um, way that's good for your business.
1: Yeah. And this is why you see so many people um, with their Twitter handle in particular says opinions my own, but that yeah. actually is of no use to you if you happen to land your employer in trouble, is it?
2: Oh, no, of course not. If you say something and you say, oh, it's only my opinion, um, it can still reflect negatively on you or your employer or whoever you're talking about. It is essentially meaningless. You still have to be careful or mindful about what you're saying and to whom. And if you're saying stuff that you think is going to get your employer or yourself in trouble, maybe you shouldn't be doing it publicly on Twitter.
1: Yeah. Like, everyone's got a bad side. Everyone's got a nasty side. Um, I'm sure I mm-hmm. you know. I have. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you probably have. But the, yep. the, the nature of social media is, for some reason, it tends to bring it out. It brings out the worst.
2: Yeah, and there's a few reasons for that. One of it is um, really strong emotional messages tend to get amplified on social media. That's part of the way the algorithms work. So there is a tendency for really destructive content to get amplified. And that's kind of built into some of the platforms. I think some of the platforms do that more than others. I think Facebook is a good example of that where it really, really promotes strong negative emotional messaging. So that creates a potential problem when people know that they can get noticed more for uh, these kind of really dark or destructive messages versus positive ones, because that's what causes a strong emotional reaction in people and that's what makes people more likely to respond, more likely to respond more frequently and yeah. intensely. So it can kind of amplify that and it builds on itself.
1: Some people t- make, make a habit of just poking whatever bear is to be poked today and they have no problem stoking up trouble, which is fine if they're only having fun, but they can do harm too.
2: Yeah, exactly. And it really is important to look at what's behind that and what's the reason for that. Because, you know, you can be a bit, you know, tease your friends or tease people you know, and that's fine if you know they're okay with it and you can have a joke with each other. That's one thing. But if you're doing that or poking the bear to sell a product or to get across a certain message or being kind of manipulative in the way you're doing it and you don't really care about the consequences, then that's when a lot of the problems come about. Yeah.
1: The, the idea for the book came from you were... Thinking about what constitutes a good boss, mm-hmm. what what does constitute a good or a bad boss? I mean, does every workplace kind of need someone who is a pain in the backside, and you hate to work around, but actually gets the job done? We need someone. Yeah, don't there,
2: we? yeah, there is a bit of that, and it's interesting when you're looking at what makes a good boss, because uh, one of the things I would say is someone who's ethical, productive, and has the best interests of the team and the organization in mind in the long term. Because one of the things you often see is people who are sometimes good at getting short-term attention um, or have those kind of destructive tendencies um, to be manipulative in the short term, there's long-term consequences associated with that, right? If you can get your company in the news this week, even if it's not for something good, then maybe you can get (laughs) useful attention in the short term, but it's destructive in the long term. Um, Again, if you're really focusing on you know, your team's performance in the short term in the next couple of days at the cost of their mental health or well-being over the long period of time. Sometimes those short-term consequences have costs. So for leaders, we want to see people who have the interests of their company and their team uh, in the long term in mind instead of just whatever is going to get be most effective right now without thinking about the long term. So you kind of have to balance those time perspectives and time frames for what's most useful in the long term and what's ethical, legal, productive yeah. in the long term as well.
1: And you know we can learn to recognise the dark stuff in ourselves. I mean, I've certainly had the the tweet written, and I go, no, no, erase it. Yep. You know, leave that go. You know, think it, don't say it. You can recognise yeah. those those moments in yourself, and you have to become quite skilled at it. But how do you point out or should you ever point out to someone else on your team, actually, you kind of think that, you don't say that?
2: Yeah, it's tough to do sometimes because you need to know if they're going to kind of respect that and if they're going to listen to that advice from you. So there's some nuance and some understanding and knowing when's the right time to intervene and who can Who would listen to that. So there's sometimes when you definitely can or you should, but often people don't like unsolicited advice. So if you've got a long-term trusting relationship, you've got a colleague that you know really well, and you can say, don't do that, especially not right now. Think about it. Maybe sleep on it. Sometimes posting at midnight is not a good idea, (laughs) especially if you're um, having a strong emotional reaction or had some strong drinks. That normally leads to more problems. (laughs) Um, So it is good to have that pause, but it's really good to reflect on Why you're posting something, what the intention is, what kind of attention you're trying to attract, and what you think the outcome might be. And if you can't think about that in the moment, sometimes it's good to wait.
1: I won't say what it was, but a tweet of my own a year or two ago landed me in a, a little bit of hot water. And the person who pulled it up to me said, you know what? There's no one disagrees with you, but you should have kept it to yourself. Yeah. And that's a, sk- that's a skill yeah. that you have to learn. The book is already shortlisted for the Business Book Awards of 2022. Uh, Ian McRae, writer of Dark Social, Understanding the Darker Side of Work Personality and Social Media. Thanks for being with us on The Opinion Line, and good luck with the success of the book. Courts 96FM
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row?